Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to another wonderful episode of the Blessed Morning Show. My name is Toby Brendel, and I thank you for tuning in. If you are new to the show, we are doing a little bit of changes, so expect it to change from week to week. But first up, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to email me at theblitzmorningshow at gmail.com. Also follow us on Twitter at theblitzmorning. So how are you guys doing? Are you enjoying this nice, beautiful weather? You know, the province that I live in has to be one of the most weirdest provinces ever, especially when it comes to temperature-wise. For example, last week, we, as a province, dipped as low as minus 35 to minus 45 degrees Celsius. Then yesterday, one week later, less than a week actually in some cases, we hit a high of like 5 degrees Celsius, above zero. I don't know what's going on, but all I know is thank God I am not living in Newfoundland on the East Coast. In St. John's, Newfoundland, they had two and a half feet of snow with 120 kilometer hour winds. And if you're trying to figure that part out in miles an hour, I can give that to you actually. That is like 75 to 80 miles an hour with snow. That is not a, a cool recipe. When you have that much snow, that much wind, that whole entire area is shoveling out. And it is absolutely scary because the snow in some spots are over seven to eight feet high on snowbanks. There's houses literally covered. Vehicles, vans, covered. Then there's like four more feet of snow on top of that. People are making trenches in the snow just to get out. But then it kind of clued in for me. If that ever happened here in Saskatchewan, I would be doing a lot of shoveling because with the newer furnaces they don't have chimneys going straight up they actually have chimneys that follow your floorboard and go out the side of your house so if you take a look at the chimney stacks aka chimney stacks they are actually between three to four feet off the ground and if you get that much snow ugh, death upon us i totally agree all right <laughs> anyway I know this is a little bit of lateness. Uh, I tried doing it on Monday, but I just didn't have the flow to it. And plus, I'm doing a project sideshow, which is Coffee Time with the Coffee Man, which I also do. And I want to continue to do that and try doing a little bit of knowledge that I've grabbed from this show, as well as uh, all the experiences that I've experienced all the tips tricks things like that i want to see if i can do it with that show and possibly grow bigger and better as well but today what i want to do is the 10 or the five top favorite tv shows of my choosing i know there's going to be some of you that are going to love it are going to hate it and everything basically in between 
So, you know, that's absolutely not an issue. Everybody has an opinion. And I know for a fact, not everybody's gonna agree with my top five list. And probably, possibly hate my honorable mentions. But let's carry on. And let's get going with my top five television shows of all times. First up, my number one, eh, let me rephrase that, my number one pick. I don't really know how to rate these from one to five. I just picked them just cause, but I do have to say it is pretty well in contact with the number five to number one. I'm still trying to figure it out, but let's kind of mosey on. All right, first up, it's the cartoon, which is Canadian, and it's called 16. Basically, the plot of, of it is a bunch of teenagers at school. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> a bunch of teenagers who go to a mall every single day after school to basically work to hang out, just like every other place. And back in the 80s and probably early 90s, a mall is a building where there's a bunch of businesses people go to and actually buy. It's kind of like an Amazon, but not cheap like Amazon, but it's just a bunch of businesses. It could be between 7 to 20 businesses. Once you start getting into bigger malls, there's probably hundreds and hundreds. So... They basically just hang out and every character has a reasoning behind the plot of the story. There's Caitlin, she works at The Lemon, which is kind of like a lemonade stand. Jen, she's a sports jock girl who works at a sports shop. Uh, Jonesy, he thinks he's a ladies' man. He gets fired every single episode, has a new job every single week. Wyatt, he's the token black guy who loves coffee and works at a music shop, but at the same time, he loves music himself. Uh, Wyatt Jonesy. Jude, skater dude, slacker, works at a thing called Stick It. Basically, it's like a kebab place. And a character. Oh, Nikki, who's a gothic, um, who looks down at people. If you're a preppy person, she hates you. If you're this, she hates you. And, of course, she works at the khaki barn with a bunch of clones who are blonde-haired. Oh, my God, absolutely. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, it just works out where everybody's personalities are, has a huge uh, effect on the plot and everything like that. Then, of course, you got the dweeb girl with the whole rack braces. You have Darth, who's a nerd in electronics. It goes from there. But one of the reasons why I like this show is not only is it a very well-thought-of, well-planned TV show, but I can actually relate my friends to some of these characters. 
just not because of the skin color where they work anything like that because you know you always have the slacker you always have the guy who thinks he's better than everybody else you have the guy who plays sports uh, you probably somewhat hang out with somebody who's a little on the preppy side so I can relate with some of my friends to these friends or these guys and their friends but the one part that I do have to say is it's Canadian that's another reason why I like it and it's actually based on a mall I do believe in Toronto if not Toronto then it's the Vancouver Metro Town Mall man is that mall big Oh, it got lost in there a few times. <laughs> uh, so it was, it went on for a couple seasons. I do have to say it was pretty good. Great stories, great concepts. But the one part that I really hated, whoa. Thought that guy was turning because he was going so slow. Um, the one part that I hate is it never went on it actually stopped so the part that was kind of like on the sad side is Jonesy and Nikki started dating Nikki's family had to move up north in Canada and she decided she was going to go with it the story plot had it where she was going to live with Jen but she decided that she's going to move with her mom and dad they broke up and they kind of went their own way then from there the show ended and I usually don't cry over silly stuff like that. But with this particular show, that right there was a massive, massive tearjerker. All right. Let's kind of mosey on. Going from something cartoonish, uh, going into something serious, into something absolutely stupid and reality-ish. Oh, yeah, shish, shish, shish. Next up, Jersey Shore. Why? This, I'm still trying to figure out why I love Jersey Shore. I take a look at the guys, their muscle, they're clean, they score, they go to the gym, everything like that. But yet you take a look at me, I'm a dad, I'm pitch white, there's no doubt about that one. And it's just, that's about it. Like it's really, really amazing on the show that I like it. I think it's the drama and the fact that it follows around a group of guys and girls that you see them in the bar and you want to be like, what are they like at home? Are they actually cool to hang out with? Are they douchebags? And this is almost like the answer to what you ask it is it's interesting and the part that I really uh, enjoy is the actual when they go out and go clubbing it does get real and it even does get physical because when uh, Snooky got punched in the face everything hit the ceiling like it was just beyond unbelievable and also with all the seasons that they have you actually got to see them grow up 
develop, bring somebody else in. And it just, it was kind of cool. But now, seeing what happened with them as their career kind of plummeted, you're just shaking your head going, okay, did not see that one. Like on Snapchat, I think it was either MTV, TMZ, or Daily Mail. Ronnie actually had to put a restraining order on his girlfriend because she freaked on him and hurt him. But yet there's times in the past where Ronnie has been arrested because of massive violence towards people, towards his girlfriend. So his career has gone down, but not so much. Mike's situation... Mike, M-I-K-E, the situation, actually gone to jail for tax invasion, I do believe it is. But I do know he did go to jail. He, I think he is out. But it's kind of sad. And Polly D and Vinny did have a TV show trying to hook up with girls. I don't even think that lasts long. Uh, Polly D, he was doing absolutely wonderful in the DJ side of it uh, Jay Wow and Snooki they did have a TV show didn't go too well and I think Snooki got pregnant now Snooki's still working for MTV with a little bit on how far is too far like a tattoo show uh, Jen I don't know what she's doing wait that's Jen that's Jay Wow and the other two, eh, So it's just kind of interesting to see how everybody is and how everybody went. All right. I know, Jersey. But seriously, you guys, you guys already know what Jersey Shore is. And at the same time, you know everything, even though you've never watched it. It was kind of one of my guilty pleasures. All right. Honorable mentions. Number one on my list. The Oblongs. It's a cartoon. It was on late night. And it it's just one of those TV shows that it was more background noise. Like the plots and things like that. The storyline to it. I guess that's what the plot and storyline. Anyway. Well, I guess it's different. I don't know. It wasn't really interesting. But yet it kind of was because of the actual storyline and the path that it took. Real quick, the Oblongs were in a city where you had the high privilege, which was on top of them. A hill, then you had the poor deformed that lived in the valley. So, of course, the high looked down on the valley. Well, it basically follows a family. You have the dad, mom, three sons, and a daughter. And the catch is, the dad is basically a torso with a head the mom used to be in like in the rich part fell in love with the dad moved down to the valley now she is uh, uh what should she call it she lost all of her hair and she drinks a lot you have siamese twins joined at the waist who share three legs you have a son who's considered to be a psycho as well as a little girl who looks normal but has a growth coming out of her head that looks like a penis. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have a bunch of information in the show notes on 
probably a website that I'm trying to get going with the show. So if you have any questions or comments, you can actually go there and check it out. Or you can go to the Wikipedia, type it in, and keep going. All right. So we got through 16 and Jersey Shore. Next up is one. I think this has got to be one of the most number one favorite television show of all time for me. It's the Joe Schmo show. The reasoning why this show is number one on my books is because it's one of the most unique and original shows out there. Because, you know, you have all of these reality shows like Big Brother, Kim Kardashians. You had the Osbournes back in the day. Um, Jersey Shore. I think I said that. Uh, Kardashians. You know, just things like that. The real world. Where, okay, you're watching it. But as, excuse me. As you got older, you're looking at them going, how much of this is actually scripted? Well, with the Joe Schmo show, it is 100% scripted. And that was the interesting part. And you're thinking to yourself, a reality show that's 100% script, that doesn't make sense. Why would it be a reality show when everything's already planned? Here is the reasoning why it was so interesting. There is one person season one and season three or two people in season two that they think it's an actual real tv show and doesn't realize that it's not scripted so everything that is done is well uh, calculated and planned out to be like a normal tv show so everybody always says, okay, if he does this, this has to happen. If this happens, then this has to happen. It is one of the well, most thought out plan. And even like with, for example, on the very first season, they were expecting and rigging everything. So the guy who thought it was real they wanted him to win to shove him in the master room where there was more cameras right so that's what they did they rigged it up had to do a little bit of change he was gonna go in there then something else happened but the weird thing about this is one of the people in the first Joe Schmo show was Christian Kristen Wiig and that at the time I didn't know who she was kind of cool but everything went off well there was a few things that kind of didn't go as planned but in the end it absolutely worked I was hooked watched it every single week season two came out I did eventually watch the whole thing but for the first little while I just couldn't get over that there was a guy on it his name I 
can't remember his last name. His first name's Jonathan. And if you're Canadian around my age, you would remember Jonathan as Jonathan from Street Sense, as well as John Vision. So that was one of the things that I could not get past just because I know who he was. But when it came to the second one, it was kind of like a Bachelor, Bachelor. Bachelor and Bachelorette. Uh, da, da, da. <laughs> what do you call that? Storyline. So you had a guy trying to win the love of the girl. The second girl was trying to win the love of the guy. One of the things that they did not plan was that the girl figured out that it was a setup. They eventually did how to take her off and put somebody else in return. The third one, it pissed me off to a certain extent because I could not watch the final episode of this one because there was Braston Hicks involved with the girlfriend and the baby that was in her belly. So I didn't get to watch that one on TV when it was played, but I eventually did find it, did watch it, did finish it. The third one was years later, and it was more thought out, more interesting because of the plot that they took. Like the first one was the actual kind of like Big Brothers. The second one was a romance. The third one was a bounty hunter theme. So, of course, they had everything planned out with a bounty hunter um, going in, arresting people. Uh, then there was a famous guy from the 80s, Lamo Slarianov? I don't know. He's from Falcon Crest. He was on it. By the end of the TV show, he won. The other guy who thought it was real was disappointed, but later found out it wasn't real and he got the money. The one part about this third season, there was a lot more screw-ups. But at the same time, it was more interesting because I interviewed John H. Moore from, he's an executive producer. A bunch of questions been asked about that. And I listened to... John when he was on another podcast and I learned even more about the show for example on the third one they had animals as soul animals or soul connections the guy who thought it was real was a llama and basically they're saying that a llama is the most dedicated person or person animal in the kingdom world and most trustworthy there was a de- there was a girl who's portrayed as a deaf girl and she had a bumblebee where the bumblebee cannot hear and everybody had an animal that represented their character which I thought was kind of cool and I give John and the the other producers credit because that was freaking brilliant (laughs) alright so 16 Jersey Shore Joe Schmo Show Next on the honorable mention, Mission Hill. 
just to sum it up, Andy's 17-year-old brother, nerd, Kevin, moved in with Andy when his parents left for Wyoming, bringing in his sheltered, suburban mindset brother to Mission Hill. And you can... The one thing about this TV show is it was played on the exact same segment as the Oblongs on Teletoon back in the early 2000s. With Mission Hill, it was a little different because the cartoon drawings aren't the exact same as what was popular back then. Like if somebody was staring another person down, you could see white lines coming out of the, their eyes like, I'm going to death stare you and melt you. So there's different ways of expressing opinions, uh, feelings, things like that, which was absolutely 100% sweet. There's just absolutely no doubt about that one. Some of the story plot lines were a little on the cheesy side and even some of the drawings, but it was kind of fun to watch seeing what happened next. Alright, let's go back to my top five Excuse me. 16, Joe Smo Show, Jersey Shore, Family Guy. I know. Family Guy is one of those TV shows that you either love it or you hate it. And there's more to Family Guy than most people think. Like, people will get offended by jokes and that's a simple way of not wanting to watch it. But the one thing about Family Guy is there's so many jokes built within the actual TV show. You'll absolutely miss it. Like, there was one episode that I've watched, like, God knows how many times. And I was sitting over at somebody's house just watching it. And all of a sudden, Peter goes, well, I'm not going to be, like, a guy who kidnaps his nephew and goes on a shooting rampage in Washington and all of a sudden it clued in. Bam! There was years there was a year, I can't remember if it was in the 90s or 2000s where a guy kidnapped his nephew and started sniping people from his trunk of his car in Washington and they eventually did find him but that's what the reference that Peter had when he was talking to his wife. And it's just things like that where they would always bring references from the past and put them in the TV show and worked it in. And that's one of the reasons why I absolutely enjoyed Family Guy and is one of my top fives is the amount of work that goes into it is just absolutely unbelievable. I give them credit Seth MacFarlane, you're an absolute genius for hiding all these things. And even watching deep inside the characters and how they were formed from when they first were brought in back in the 90s to today, everybody is different in their own way. Like Stewie, when he was growing up, he wanted to kill Lois, try and take him over the world. You had Brian who was a smart ass, 
had the brains. Uh, Peter just seems like he's getting dumber. Uh, but then you have to go, excuse me, but then you have to go take a look at the TV show and kind of look in the conspiracies to realize exactly what could be happening. And for the one time I just talked about conspiracies on one of my episodes about Family Guy because it was so interesting. There was two that I thought were absolutely brilliant. The one was with Brian. Because if you take a look at Brian and how he was in episode one, or season one, episode one, compared to now, back in the day, he seemed really smart and knew what he was talking about. Where now, it's almost like he's faking what he's talking about when it comes to story, history, etc., etc. So, conspiracy theory thinking behind this is from season one to now he had so much drugs when it came to like cocaine which he was hooked on marijuana which he smokes frequently and even drinks a little too much they're thinking that it's destroying his brain so much that he's just getting dumber and dumber but he's trying to fake being smart and doing everything in his power to keep that persona up. And if you just listen to some of the things he said in the first, made sense, to the sec- or all the way to the new one, it almost seems like it's true. The second conspiracy when it comes to uh, Family Guy is Stewie. In the first time, you had him wanting to kill his mom, rule the world, had all these fancy guns. But the question is, what we've seen with Stewie and how he was with his guns, his wanting to kill his mom, to rule the world, was that nothing more than us seeing it through eyes of a child? Because, you know, a child can make anything come alive. You give them a stick, wham, it comes alive. If you give them a rock, wham, it comes alive. Piece of paper, you can do anything with it. So people are saying what we've seen with Stewie and his lasers, phasers, things like that, was nothing more than our view through his eyes as a child. It's something to actually think about because it's a strong possibility that might be true. And that's another reason why I like Family Guys because of the conspiracies that are following and going around that particular show. All right, let's see. Um, We got one more top five. So let's go to an honorable mention. The Dating Guy. Oh my God, this show, okay, I could have picked um, Big Mouth just because it's a show about growing up, sexuality, just absolutely hilarious. You want to show your kids it, but it's so perverted. You don't, but yet it's a 
great learning tool for the kid to learn about puberty. Let's just kind of back it up. The dating guy. Mark, Woody, Sam, and BJ are four single something living in the city. They're out of school, living on their own, but aren't settled yet. With no real direction and not much in the bank, they live day to day exploring the dating scene. All right, this is as well as a Canadian show, but it is absolutely hilarious because you have kind of a cool guy, you have a girl, you have a guy who is absolutely perverted, and you have a token black guy who works at a bar who can basically pick anything up. The one episode, I can't remember it's Woody or VJ. It's one of the two. I think it, I want to think it's BJ, but he's a East Indian guy who has a pet raccoon. And the one day he goes on the computer to look at some porn because he is absolutely horny. And the internet basically pops up with an error saying, you have looked at every single porn available on the internet. Just when I seen that, I started laughing and I'm thinking there's no freaking way he could have. With the amount of porn out there, it's just mind-boggling. Like, frick, man. Then another episode actually had the black guy humping a ghost. So, yeah, he was actually having sex with the ghost. And the plots and storylines to this one, it is really, really interesting. But it's nothing I would go out of my way to personally watch since I rewatched every single season. It's it's there might be a good background noise TV show just because of some of the hilarious parts. Finally, the last show before my top five is Undergrads. So it was Undergrads, All Blongs, and Mission Hill. One other TV show. They were all around the exact same time being played on TV as well as uh, the segment of the show. So you had one, two, three. I know there's a fourth one, but I could not remember what it was. So, um, do, do, do undergrads. So it was four guys. They graduated from high school. They went to college and they were afraid that they were going to break out, lose track of everybody, and, you know, be separated forever. So you have Gimpy, Rocco, Nitz, and Cal. Cal is the popular, can score with anybody he wants to. Nitz is kind of like an average guy. Gimpy's the nerd with a big eye. And Rocco's the junk. And right there, I can tell you four four people out of my group that suited all those personalities. But it's kind of weird when it comes to the actual history of the undergrads. The season one basically was the first uh, year of college. So 
they show up, they go through their thing, at the end, they leave because year one's over. Uh, it was a hit, but not what Teletoon and other companies were thinking. But there was so much uproar when they didn't do season two that there was a, a Facebook page that later came in effect saying, we want season two for the undergrads. There was talk, there was push, there was likes, everything like that saying, we need undergrads too. We need undergrads too. The producers and things said that they're going to, then fell. But two years ago, they started a uh, Kickstarter fund to get season two going. And apparently they did reach their goal. And currently right now, it is in production, but I need to do a little bit more research into it to see how it's going and things like that. So I'm probably going to give you guys an update in a later episode and go from there. Finally, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to give you the fifth, sorry, one, two, three. Okay, I'm just going to give you a fourth honorable mention because this one has to be mentioned just because of the cultural impact it has had in general. The Simpsons, Homer, Marge, Bart, Lisa, Maggie, Carl, Lenny, Moe, Apu, Mr. Burns, Smithers, Nelson, Ralph, Millhouse, <laughs> Barney, you name it, culturally has burnt it, that show into the culture we have today. Don't have a cow, man. I caramba. El Barto. Like, then some of the predictions that they've had, like, it was... It has created so much. It's just... It's unbelievable. In 30 years of The Simpsons, that's unheard of. But sadly, it's come to the point where they are absolutely done with it. Fox sold to Disney, which gave Disney the right to The Simpsons. And yeah, I don't know what's happening. I guess only time will tell. And we can go from there. Kiss my ass. My personal bank. <laughs> so, yeah, that's basically about it for my top five favorite television shows. I know it went totally longer than my five worst video games. But when it comes to the TV shows, the plots and things like that, they were a little bit better, a little bit longer, and it just had a little bit better feel where the video games can't really talk too much except for gameplay, sound, whatever. And it, oh, and that Rainbow Six game that I loved was Rainbow Six 3. Alright? Alright, so that was the Blitz Morning Show in my favorite top five picks. If you enjoyed it, thank you, and I will be back sometime very soon to continue 
with my top fives. It could be absolutely anything. If you want me to talk about something, head over to Twitter, The Blitz Morning. Head over to Facebook, The Blitz Podcast, or even email me at theblitzmorningshow at gmail.com. Tell me what you want me to talk about, and let's get going. Well, you guys, thanks for tuning in. My name is Toby Brendel, and I will see you next time right here on The Blitz Morning Show. The 2020 Mazda CX-9 is designed to elevate every moment with a sophisticated SUV experience. Stunningly crafted with three-row seating, including second-row captain's chairs. Book a test drive at Mazda.ca. The 2020 Mazda CX-9 is designed to elevate every moment with a sophisticated SUV experience. Stunningly crafted with three-row seating, including second-row captain's chairs. Book a test drive at Mazda.ca.